Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Lahul Hasan Wathana'u al-Jameel Wa ashadu an la ilaha illallahu Wahdahu la sharika lah Wa ashadu anna Sayyidina wa Nabiyana Muhammad Sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa tabi'ina lahum bihsanin ila yawmi ad-deen amma ba'd Inshallah ta'ala We're starting our Dawra Ilmiyyah With the Kitab Manhajul Haq Written by Al-Shaykh Al-Allamah Abdul Rahman ibn Nasir Al-Sa'di Rahimahullah Al-Allamah Al-Allamah Abdul Rahman ibn Nasir Al-Sa'di He died the year 1376 Hijriya And he's the teacher Of al Muhammad ibn Salih Al-Uthaymin He taught ibn Uthaymin And Sheikh Muhammad ibn Salih Uthaymin Was impacted and touched by his teacher's way of teaching and his etiquette and manners and his nobility. If you really look at uh, Sheikh um, Ibn Uthaymeen and his method of teaching and you read the works of Sheikh Abdulrahman Nasri Saudi, you see a very powerful resemblance between the two. Sheikh Saudi is a person whose life, in the way it was written, the authorship regarding it, his life, his biography, the best book and the most comprehensive book I've come across is the kitab written by Sheikh Abdul Razak ibn Abdul Muhsin al-Abbad. Sheikh Abdul Razak, I don't remember whether it was his master's dissertation or whether it was his PhD thesis. He wrote the biography of Sheikh Abdul Rahman Nasri Saudi. So I would encourage you, if you speak Arabic, to go to there. And inshallah ta'ala, bi'idhnillah uh, al-kareem, read his life there. A trustworthy brother once told me that Sheikh Abdul Razak ibn Abdul Muhsin al-Abbad, one of the things that had an impact on his life and the way he uh, looked at his dunya and the way he carried himself. One of the things that Abdul Razak Abdul Muhsin Abad he said that, that affected his life and changed him and made him this noble person that he is. Nahsabuhu kadalik wa la Allahi ahada is when he wrote that book about the life of Abdul Rahman Nasr Saudi. It had a big impact on Sheikh Abdul Razak ibn Abdul Muhsin Abad. And anyone who knows Sheikh Abdul Razak today and the way he is, and the way he carries himself, you will see that um, it's because of what he read about the life of Sheikh Abdurrahman Nasr al-Saudi. I would have wished to go through his life in detail, and so you can all know what type of imam he was. Rahimahullahu rahmatan wasi'ah. But we only have three days to cover this text, and we won't be able to finish the text if we go into his biography and speak about his uh, life. This kitab is called Manhajul Haq. And this kitab, the author, rahimahullah, he authored it in three things. I mean, he talks about in this book three things. And I want every student of knowledge to inshallah ta'ala write these three things. The author, rahimahullah, he talks about the aqidah that is required from a Muslim. And that is the first thing a person should be should give consideration to 
and should, and should study and learn and acquire aqidah. So the author, rahimahullah ta'ala, the first in the beginning, he starts with the concept of aqidah. He talks about Allah's names and attributes and issues related to tawheed. Then the author, rahimahullah, he talks about concepts of ibadah, matters related to ibadah, which inshallah ta'ala we're going to see, which is the second. Ibadat, acts of worship. And the third is al-akhlaq, characteristics and manners. Today, a person who holds on to manhaji ahli sunnati wal jama'ah, the tariqah of the salaf al-salih, anyone who holds on to uh, the, the path of al-firqatu al-najiyah, al-ta'ifatu al-mansurah, these are the three things that that person every single day learns, studies, uh, acquires aqidah, al-ibadah, and al-akhlaq. Every single day, those are the three things that you should learn, acquire, understand. And it's not manhaj ahli sunnati wal jama'ah that the person... He only studies aqidah and he abandons al-akhlaq and al-ibadat. So that's why this book, the author, rahimahullah, he called it manhajul haq, the correct path, the correct methodology, which is to combine these three. Aqidah, a correct aqidah, a correct ibadat that you come with, and also manners and etiquettes. So the kitab is very, inshallah ta'ala, comprehensive, and it is wallahi, a very beautiful book. I have taught this book over 20 times. And every time I teach it, it impacts me and it affects me. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from those people who hear the good speech and benefit from it. Inshallah ta'ala, it will be recited line by line, the poetry inshallah ta'ala. And I will comment on it. Bi'idhnillahi. The author Rahimahullah, he chose the first line by saying, He started by using the word Faya. He said, Ya, this is harful nida. O is what you say in English. He started by saying the word O. The reason why he chose to use that is because. He's a concerned person. He's calling out the people he wants to nurture. Al-Allama Abdurrahman Nasri Saudi. He's saying to them, Ya sa'ilan an manhaj al-haq. The one that is asking about the correct path. He's inquiring about the correct path. This shows us that we every day should be asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for this correct path. Now we have to understand this. This is what we make in the salah. Mustaqim. Oh Allah, guide us on the straight path. Oh Allah, guide us on the correct methodology. So the Shaykh Rahimahullah is saying to anyone who inquires about the correct manhaj, the correct path, who's asking for it. And manhaj al-haq. The word manhaj, we tend to hear it a lot. What does it mean? It means, it is It is the path which is clear. The word al-manhaj, it means a clear path. 
the one who is asking about the clear path. That is what he's asking for. This clear path of who? He's, he's looking for that path. He's seeking it. The path of the people. Which people's path are we asking for? When we pray Salah, we read Surah Al-Fatiha, we say, oh Allah, guide us on the straight path. And then we mention what path we want. And we also mention what path we don't want Allah to guide us on. We say, Oh Allah, guide us to the straight path. The path of those you have favored. And the Shaykh here said, The path of the people. Who are these people? They are it is the Prophet, alayhi salatu wasalam, number one. Nabiullahi Muhammad. You are asking Allah, are, the author here is mentioning, asking to be guided on that path, the path that the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wasallam was upon. Because we believe, al-turuqu kulluha masduda illa tariqa maniqatafa athara muhammadin. All of the paths are blocked. All of the roads to Allah is blocked, except the path that the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam took. And then after that is the path of the righteous people. Ashabu Rasulillahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the path that they took. Abu Bakr, Umar, Uthman, Ali, and the other remaining noble companions of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And that's why the Prophet, when he mentioned uh, his path, the Prophet also mentioned the path of the rightly guided Khulafa. And the rightly guided Khulafa are Abu Bakr, Umar, Uthman, and Ali. The Prophet sallallahu said, Alaykum bisunnati, upon you is my sunnah. Alaykum bisunnati, upon you is my sunnah. And the path of the rightly guided Khulafa. Hold on to it with your molar teeth. And stay away from the newly invented matters. Stay away from a path other than that. ولذلك الإمام الأوزاعي رحمه الله said, اصبر نفسك على السنة. Be patient upon the Prophet's path, the Sunnah of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم. And then الإمام الأوزاعي, إمام أهل الشام, he said, وقف حيث وقف القوم, and stand where the people stood. The people here are who? It's the same people Sa'di is mentioning here. They are the Sahabas. Ibtida'an. Number one, it is the companions. They, they're the first people whose path we want to tread on. Waqif haythu waqaf al Stand where the people stood. The path Abu Bakr stood. The path Umar stood. The path Uthman stood. And the path Ali ibn Abi Talib stood. And the other noble companions. And also the path that the students of the companions stood. The tabi'een, the noble tabi'een, like Hassan al-Basri, Muhammad ibn Sirin, and Fudayl al-Mu'iyad, and the likes of these great tabi'een. And then the atba'u tabi'een, like al-Imam Malik ibn Anas, and al-Imam Muhammad ibn Idris al-Shafi'i, and like Ahmed ibn Muhammad ibn Hanbal rahimahullah, and the likes of these great giant scholars of al-Islam. Qif haythu waqaf al-qawm, stand where they stood. Waqul bima qalu, and say that which they said. 
وَكُفَّ عَمَّا كَفُّوا And stay away from that which they stayed away from. وَاسْلُكْ سَبِيلَ سَلَفِكَ الصَّالِحِ And take the path of your righteous, pious predecessors. Take their path. فَإِنَّهُ يَسَعُكَ Because it will suffice you. مَا وَسِعَهُمْ That which sufficed them. Take their path. That's what the author, rahimahullah, he is trying to point out. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala clearly said in the Quran, وَالسَّابِقُونَ الْأَوَّلُونَ مِنَ الْمُهَاجِرِينَ وَالْأَنصَارِ وَالَّذِينَ تَبَعُوهُمْ بِإِحْسَانٍ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمْ وَرَضُوا عَنْهُ Allah mentioned the muhajirin and the ansar and the ones who followed them. So we have three people here. And then after that Allah said, رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمْ وَرَضُوا عَنْهُ Allah is pleased with them and they are pleased with Allah. But who are the people Allah mentioned? Allah mentioned the muhajirin. Ask yourself this question. أَأَنْتَ مِنْهُمْ are you from the Muhajirin? The answer that will come back to you is no, I'm not from the Muhajirin. Then the second question is, are you from the Ansar? The answer to that question without a shadow of a doubt is no, I'm not from the Ansar. Then the third is open for you, which is, are you from those who follow them? If you say yes, then inshallah ta'ala, you're from the people Allah is pleased with and you're pleased with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if you're not from the third group, then you're not going to be from those people Allah is pleased with and you're not going to be pleased with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ali Allama ibn al-Qayyim said something very powerful. He said, وَلَا رَيْبَ أَنَّ مَنْ كَانَ عَلَيْهِ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ وَأَصْحَابُهُ عِلْمًا وَعَمَلًا وَهُوَ مَعْرِفَةُ الْحَقِّ وَتَقْدِيمُهُ وَإِيثَارُ عَلَى غَيْرِهِ هُوَ الصِّرَاطُ الْمُسْتَقِيمُ Ibn al-Qayyim is going to define for you what is the straight path. Sa'di saying you are asking for the straight path. You are asking Allah to guide you on that straight path. O oh, you who is asking for that path. O oh, you who is inquiring about that path. Ibn al-Qayyim is now going to tell us what that path is. He says, without a shadow of a doubt, that the sirat al-mustaqim is ma kana alayhi rasulullah. That which the Prophet was upon, alayhi salatu wasalam. Ilman wa'amala, knowledge. The things that the Prophet knew is what we want to know. The things that the Prophet sallallahu left in knowledge is what we want to leave. The knowledge that we believe is beneficial is the knowledge that Abu Bakr and Umar and Uthman and Ali were upon. We also believe the actions that the Prophet was upon is the best of actions. And we believe the best of actions are what his noble companions were upon and the rightly guided noble imams of Al-Islam. Ilman wa amala wa haqi wa taqdimu. And now he's going to tell you the knowledge that they had and the actions that they came with. They knew the truth and they gave precedence to the truth. They knew the truth and they gave precedence to the truth. Over everything else. That is the straight path. Also, Ibn al-Qayyim mentions a statement worthy of mentioning here before we move on to the next, next line, inshallah ta'ala. He said, Ibn al-Qayyim mentions in his kitab Madaruj al-Salikin that some of the Salaf they said, Upon you is the straight path. Don't feel loneliness. Don't feel loneliness because a, a small number of people are upon that path. Stay away from the false paths. Stay away from it. And do not be deceived by the large number of people who are destroyed upon that path. We're living at a time when the truth is determined based on numbers. 
ابن القيم is saying don't أنت الح... أنت الجماعة وإن كنت وحدك you are the جماعة you are the truth even if you're by yourself that's something you have to understand the truth is not determined based on numbers the truth is not known because of its people we don't look at the people and we know the truth we look at the truth and then we know its people and that is very vital and that's what the author rahimahullah here he meant when he said fa sa'ilan the one who is asking about an manhaj al-haqq the truth the true path ya batagi he's seeking that path suluka tariq al-qawmi the path of the people Haqqan And you are genuinely looking for that path وَيَسْعَدُوا And happiness You have to look for that path With Haqq You have to be genuine when you're looking for that path It can't be iddia It can't be a claim Then I want that path If you do Then accept it when it comes to you And the truth comes to you when the nusus al the textual evidence is read on you, surrender. That when the verses are read on you, surrender, that's a sign that you're looking for something. You're genuine. The people, the author Rahimullah mentions here, they are genuine. And he then said, and happiness. The path of the haqq leads to happiness. And the path of misguidance leads to confusion. And the people of the truth are always happy. Because Allah said in the Quran, فَمَن تَبِعَ فَلَا يَضِلُّ وَلَا يَشْقَى The one who follows guidance, he will never find misguidance in this earth and he's not going to be from the dwellers of the hellfire. فَلَا يَضِلُّ فِي الدُّنْيَا وَلَا يَشْقَى فِي الْآخِرَةِ Anyone who follows the guidance, he will not be misguided in this earth. Misguidance in this earth causes confusion. Confusion causes depression and sadness. But if you follow that path, and you follow the straight path, you will gain guidance from it. And you'll feel happiness and contentment in your heart, even if everyone else opposes you. وَلَا يَشْقَى And you're not going to be from the dwellers of the hellfire. That's why Allah said in another ayah, مَنْ عَمِلَ صَالِحًا مِنْ ذَكَرٍ أَوْ أُنْثَى وَهُوَ مُؤْمِنٌ فَلَا نُحْيِيَنَّهُ حَيَاتًا طَيِّبَةً وَلَنَجْزِيَنَّهُمْ أَجْرَهُمْ بِأَحْسَنِ مَا كَانُوا يَعْمَلُونَ The man and the woman who does righteous actions, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to give them حَيَاتًا طَيِّبَةً A good life. وَلَنَجْزِيَنَّهُمْ أَجْرَهُمْ بِأَحْسَنِ مَا كَانُوا يَعْمَلُونَ And the day of judgment, Allah is going to reward you with good. May Allah make us from those people. Who are looking for the truth. And when it comes their way, they are willing to follow it, regardless of what the cost and the price is. The author, Rahimahullah, he says, Ta'ammal Allah. Ponder, contemplate. Allah, may Allah guide you. Ma qad nadamtuhu, that which I have written in a poetry form. Ta'ammula, let your contemplation be. Let your contemplation be a one a person who's looking for the truth. The author here says, Ta'amal. Ta'amal means what? It means tadabbar. 
ponder النظر look at it again don't just hear what i'm saying listen to what i'm saying think over what i'm saying that's what the author is saying hadak allah may allah guide you and this is a dua from the author and this is a path that the scholars take that they make dua for its people and they ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide them the guidance is two types ibn rajab mentions that the guidance are two types hidayah which is mujmala a general guidance and that's the guidance to islam there's a general guidance that a person allah guides them to islam allah makes them a muslim he guides them from disbelief and he guides them to islam he guides them to iman that is called hidayah mujmala a general guidance and this is present for all of the muslims whichever group they attribute themselves to within islam ah that is the second that's the first type of guidance the second one is hidayah which is mufassala a detailed type of guidance a detailed type of guidance and it's what is the one that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he guides the people to the sunnah from innovation that allah guides you from all the other deviated groups allah guides you to the sunnah and allah guides you to the path of ahl sunnah wal jama'ah the path of the salaf ridwanullahi alayhim ajma'in and when we read surah al-fatiha we are asking allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for both guidances mujmala and mufassala we're asking allah to guide us away from the path of the disbelievers and we are also asking allah to guide us to the sunnah that is what we're asking allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that is the author rahimahullah what he means by hadakallahu may allah guide you into islam and allah may allah guide you into the detailed matters related to the religion walidhalika that's why if you're a muslim you keep asking for allah guidance because you're asking guidance for detailed issues whereas a non-muslim when he's asking for guidance he wants to first of all come into islam the author is saying may allah guide you to that straight path guide you to what ma qad nadamtu that which i have put together and the word nadam here is poetry the opposite to nadam is nathr nathr is the opposite of a nadam and nathr is a normal word it's just wordings statements whereas a nadam is poetry okay and the author rahimahullah as i mentioned his poetry consists of three sciences and three things al-aqidah and al-ibadah and al-akhlaq and he wants allah to guide you in those three fields ta'amula man qad kana lil haqq yaqsidu so your guidance whilst reading this book it should be the guy, the person who is looking for the truth that you want allah to guide you subhanahu wa ta'ala it's not that you're just looking through the book how beautiful the poetry is but you're looking for guidance in it naam the author rahimahullah he says nuqirru we affirm bi anna allah la rabba ghayruhu that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
There is no Lord other than Him. We affirm, Nuqirru comes from the word Aqarra. Yuqirru, I affirm, we affirm. And the word Iqrar, it, it means Tasdiqul um, Qalb, that the heart with unwavering conviction surrenders and submits and, and affirms. Nuqirru, we affirm with unwavering conviction. بِأَنَّ اللَّهَ ذَاتَ اللَّهِ That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala لَا رَبَّ غَيْرُهُ There is no Lord other than Him. There's no Khaliq other than Him subhanahu wa ta'ala. That He is the only Creator and the only Sustainer and the only Provider. And that is why Allah said in Surah Al-An'am قُلْ أَغَيْرَ اللَّهِ أَبْغِي Do they look for أَإِلَاهِ أَمَا قُلْ أَغَيْرَ اللَّهِ أَبْغِي رَبَّا do I look for a Lord other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And He's the Lord of everything. The ayah says, قُلْ say, يعني يا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم, Say to these pagan Arabs that you're with, Say to them, أَغَيْرَ اللَّهِ أَبْغِي رَبَّا Am I going to look for a Lord? Other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And these are the times when the word Rabb is used also interchangeably with the word Ilah. Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah said in his Majmu'u al-Fatawa, وَالرَّبُّ هُوَ الْمُرَبِّ الْخَالِقُ الرَّازِقُ النَّاصِرُ الْهَادِي وَهَذَا الْإِسْمُ أَحَقُّ بِاسْمِ الْإِسْتِعَانَةِ وَالْمَسْأَلَةِ That the word Ar-Rabbu, I mean the name Ar-Rabbu, it means the nurture who nurtures his creation by creating them, by providing for them, by aiding them and supporting them, by guiding them. And the word ilah, as the author used it here, that nuqirru bi the name ilah, it means al-ma'bud, the worshipped one, alone, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he commands us in the Quran to worship him. Ya rabbakum. O mankind, worship your Lord Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah also says, Wa rabbukum, and I am your Lord, fa'buduni worship me. Because Allah is the one who created us, and the one who provides for us, and the one who takes care of us, because He's the one who does that, there's no one else who deserves to be worshipped other than Him subhanahu wa ta'ala. He's the only one who deserves to be worshipped, singled in worship. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. The author then says, We affirm, There is no Lord other than Him. We also affirm that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He is above His throne, subhanahu wa ta'ala. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He is praised above His throne subhanahu wa ta'ala. He's affirming here Sifatul Ulu, that Allah is above His throne. Or min aqidati ahli sunnati wal jama'ah. And it's the aqidah of ahli sunnati wal jama'ah. That Allah is above His throne. Sixth place in the Quran, Allah mentions Ar-Rahmanu ala al-Arsh istawa. Allah mentions it six places in the Quran. Not once. Twice, 
Not three times, not four times, not five times, but six times. Allah mentions that he's above his throne, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ala wartafa'a. The word istiwa means he's above his throne, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mumajadu, and he is praised. The word mumajadu means the one who is praised. That's why the Prophet sallallahu alayhi used to say in the hadith in Sahih Muslim, La uhsi thana'an alayk, anta kama athnayta ala nafsik. Oh Allah, I cannot praise you enough. You are as you have praised yourself, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Naam. The author, rahimahullah, he says after that, وَنَشَهَدُوا We bear witness أَنَّ اللَّهَ مَعْبُودُنَا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He is the one we worship alone. Deserves to be worshipped, subhanahu wa ta'ala. We worship Him alone. And then the author mentioned the two ways that we worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We worship Allah tabarak wa ta'ala in two ways. الَّذِي نُخَصِّسُوا بِالْحُبِّ ذُلًّا we worship him with complete love. And we worship him subhanahu wa ta'ala with complete humility. We combine those two for him subhanahu wa ta'ala. That whilst we're worshipping him, and that we're prostrating for him, and we're putting our foreheads on the ground for him, we love him subhanahu wa ta'ala. We're humbling ourselves for him because we love him. We praise him. We love him. We honor him subhanahu wa ta'ala. When ashadu, we bear witness. And Allah Allah is our master, the one we worship alone. He is. We specify him. means we specify him, subhanahu wa ta'ala, in what? Dhullan. We sing with him in love. Complete love is only for him. We are not like the people who love Allah and we love other things with Allah simultaneously. Allah says, nasi. The believers, they have the most, utmost love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But you have to understand that your love for Allah has signs, telltale signs. تَعْصِي الْإِلَاهَ وَأَنْتَ تَزْعُمُ حُبَّهُ هَذَا لَعَمْرُكَ فِي الْقِيَاسِ شَنِيعُ وَكَانَ حُبُّكَ صَادِقًا لَأَطَعْتَهُ إِنَّ الْمُحِبَّةِ you disobey Allah and you claim his love. You disobey Allah and then you claim his love. There's something that the mind cannot comprehend. Does it make sense? That I love Allah and then he tells you to do something and then you do the opposite. If your love was true, you would have obeyed him subhanahu wa ta'ala. You would have done exactly what he told you to do. That is, if you love him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when we say we love him, we love him externally and internally. We sing with him in love. We sing with him in humility, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Those are the two pillars that we worship Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Complete humility and complete love is for him subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is what the author rahimahullah is saying. That our worship, it's in that way that it's done. Every ibadah that we do, we do it in those two ways. With complete love and complete, complete humility. humility. 
Naam. The author then says, Falillahi for Allah is alone. Al-kullul hamdi, all of the praises is for Allah alone. All of the praises are for who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sifatul Mahmud, every characteristics of praise is for Allah alone subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's for him subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wal-majdi, and for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is also al-majd, glory, is for him subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wa-thana, and also he's exalted. فَمِنْ أَجْلِ ذَا كُلُّ إِلَى اللَّهِ يَقْصِدُ And because of that, every single person runs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And everybody wants Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is why we're all running to Him. We are all asking Him. Because all of the praises are to Him subhanahu wa ta'ala. And also, all of the glory is for Him subhanahu wa ta'ala. And also, all of exaltation is for Him subhanahu wa ta'ala. فَمِنْ أَجْلِ And because of that, كُلٌّ إِلَى اللَّهِ يَقْصِدُ Everybody is turning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Everyone is turning to Him subhanahu wa ta'ala. They're turning to Allah. Naam. The author, rahimahullah, he says, تُسَبِّحُهُ الْأَمْلَاكُ وَالْأَرْضُ وَالسَّمَاءُ Allah is exalted subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he is exalted and he's glorified by the angels. They glorify Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The earth glorifies him subhanahu wa ta'ala and venerates him and also exalts him subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the heavens and all of the creation in there, they exalt him subhanahu wa ta'ala and they honor him subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's why Allah said in the ayah, تُسَبِّحُ لَهُ السَّمَاوَاتُ السَّبْعُ وَمَنْ فِيهِنَّ تُسَبِّحُ لَهُ السَّمَاوَاتُ السَّبْعُ وَالْأَرْضُ وَمَنْ فِيهِنَّ وَإِنْ مِنْ شَيْءٍ إِلَّا إِلَّا وَإِنْ مِنْ شَيْءٍ إِلَّا يُسَبِّحُ بِحَمْدِهِ وَلَكِنْ لَا تَفْقَهُونَ تَسْبِيحَهُمْ وَإِنْ مِنْ شَيْءٍ إِلَّا يُسَبِّحُ بِحَمْدِهِ وَلَكِنْ لَا تَفْقَهُونَ تَسْبِيحَهُمْ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that everything in the samawat and everything on the earth تُسَبِّحُ لَهُ السَّمَاوَاتُ السَّبْعُ The seven heavens والأرض and the earth ومن فيهن and everyone in it وإن من شيء there is nothing that Allah created سبحانه وتعالى وإن من شيء إلا إلا there is nothing that Allah تبارك وتعالى created إلا يسبح بحمده ولكن لا تفقهون تسبحهم except that they exalt Allah سبحانه وتعالى إنه كان حليما غفورا all of them they exalt Allah سبحانه وتعالى the angels do يا الذين آمنوا قوا أنفسكم وأليكم نارا وقودها الناس والحجارة عليها ملائكة غلاظ شداد لا يعصون الله ما أمرهم ويفعلون ما يؤمرون. The angels يسبحون الليل والنهار لا يفطرون. They exalt Allah day and night and they do not stop and get tired of doing so. The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم told us in a hadith عليه الصلاة عليه الصلاة والسلام صحيح مسلم إني لا أعرف حجرا. The messenger said I know a stone. Bimakkata, the stone was in Mecca. Kana yusallimu alayya. And he used to greet me. So, they all exalt Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wa in min shay'in illa yusabbihu bihamdih walakin la tafqahuna tasbihahum. Everyone and everything exalt Allah. But we are the ones who don't know how they do it. 
And we don't understand it. Allah also says in the Quran, وَإِنَّ مِنَ الْحِجَارَةِ From the stones are those لَمَا يَتَفَجَّرُ مِنْهُ الْأَنْهَارِ Rivers flow from those stones. وَإِنَّ مِنْهَا And from those are لَمَا يَشَّقَّقُ فَيَخْرُجُ مِنْهُ الْمَاءِ Water gushing from it. وَإِنَّ مِنْهَا And from them are لَمَا يَهْبِطُ مِنْ خَشْيَةِ اللَّهِ Some of them that are humbled for their Lord Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Also Allah says إِنَّا عَرَضْنَا الْأَمَانَةَ عَلَى السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَالْجِبَالِ فَأَبَيْنَا يَحْمِلْ لَهَا وَأَشْرَقَنَا مِنْهَا وَحَمَلَهَا الْإِنسَانِ إِنَّهُ كَانَ ظَلُومًا جَهُولًا That the mountains, the rocks and the pebbles, they understood the amana, the responsibility. They have understanding of their Lord. That's what Allah says in the Quran. لَوْ أَنزَلْنَا هَذَا الْقُرْآنَ عَلَى جَبَلٍ لَرَأَيْتَ that the mountains would have crumbled from the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, these evidences, what do we do? Do we say that the Prophet, it's not possible that a, ma- a rock used to greet him, maybe he meant something else. لا. Say no. القاعدة المقررة The قاعدة أكون تأهل السنة is أن النصوص الكتاب والسنة لا يجوز صرف عن ظاهرها all of these texts, we take it as apparent. Unless there comes another text that diverts it from its apparent. Yes, there is a tree that cried when the messenger walked away from it and left it. And in front of all of his companions, the Prophet went to the tree and he put his hand on the tree and all of the Sahabas heard it. Also, there was a, a rock or a stone in Mecca that used to Greet the Prophet. We believe it in that way. We believe in it. Because the Prophet told us it. Now. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the author says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he's exalted. And he's far from any rivals. Allah doesn't have anyone who's his rival. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. in. And there is no one that is equal to him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah doesn't have it. He doesn't have any similar counterpart, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he has no deficiencies in his characteristics and his attributes. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there is no one like him. There's nothing like him. That's why Allah says, do not make anything equal to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In worship, do not make anyone equal to Allah. That you worship Allah and you worship them. Do not do that. Do not make anyone equal to Allah in His characteristics and attributes. Do not make anyone equal to Allah in His creating and His sustaining and providing for His creation. He's alone in all of that. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. He's alone. He has, no counters, he has no similar counterparts. He has no rivals. He has no equals. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. He's high. He's alone. If he wants to do something, he can do it and no one can question him. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Laysa kamithlihi shay. There's nothing like him. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. We have to understand these characteristics and these attributes and affirm them for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah doesn't have a spouse. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. He doesn't. 
Allah does not seek permission from anyone. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Also, وَعَنْ وَصْفِ ذِي And also, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He's higher than any deficiencies. He doesn't have any deficiencies. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. His characteristics and attributes do not have traits of imperfection. It doesn't. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. He's unique. He's alone. He's one. That's what Allah says in the Quran. We created the samawat. And we created the ard. And in between it we created it. We created the seven heavens and we created the seven earths. And Allah Taala He said, tiredness did not come our way. We didn't get tired. Allah says, Subhanahu wa Taala. Also, Allah Taala doesn't have the deficient characteristics of oppressing others. Allah does not oppress His slaves. There is nothing that makes Allah weak. Subhanahu wa Taala. وَمَا كَانَ اللَّهُ لِيُعْجِزَهُ There is nothing to make Allah weak and unable mean shay'in whatsoever. Allah doesn't forget وَمَا كَانَ رَبُّكَ نَسِيَّا Your Lord does not forget. All of these characteristics are characteristics of deficiencies that we don't affirm for Him subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then what do we do when it comes to Allah's names and His attributes? We affirm for Him that which He is he affirmed for himself. And we negate from him, subhanahu wa ta'ala, that which he negated from himself. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. We also affirm for him that which his slave, Muhammad ibn Abdullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, affirmed for him. And we also negate from him that which his slave and his prophet, Muhammad ibn Abdullah, negated from him. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The author, rahimahullah, he says, we affirm the narrations that have come regarding Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's characteristics. We affirm them. All of them. We affirm them. Ahl-Sunnah are the only ones who affirm them. The misguided groups, they affirm some, then they negate some. And they differ amongst themselves the amount that they're going to affirm and the amount that they're going to negate. They differ amongst themselves. Like the Jamiyyah, they negate all of Allah Ta'ala's names and attributes. The Mu'tazila, they affirm Allah's names but none of the characteristics. The Asha'ira, they affirm Allah's names and seven characteristics and they negate the rest. Ahl-Sunnati wal-Jama'ah, they affirm all of Allah's names and all of Allah's characteristics. They follow the Qur'an. Those people, The misguided groups, they follow their desires and the whispers of shaitan. They have one principle, which is, We affirm for Allah that which He affirmed for Himself. And that which His Prophet affirmed for Him. And we negate from Allah that which His Messenger, and that which Allah negated from Himself. Because there is no other way to know Allah except we have to know it either through the Quran or the Sunnah. There's no other way. That's what Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah believe. 
And the author, rahimahullah, he's refuting and debunking the view of those misguided groups by saying, وَنُثْبِتُ أَخْبَارَ الصِّفَاتِ The narrations that have come to us in Bukhari and Muslim and Abi Dawood and Tirmidhi and Ibn Maj and Nasai and Muslim Ahmed regarding Allah's names and attributes, we affirm them. Jami'aha, all of them. And also the other books of hadith, we affirm them. وَنَبْرَأُ And we are free. We are free. And we distance ourselves from what? And we renounce the concept of ta'wil, distortion of Allah Taala's names and characteristics. We renounce it. We free ourselves from it. We do not affirm it. We renounce. We free ourselves. We free ourselves from the distortion of those who deny Allah Taala's characteristics. Imam Ahmad rahimahullah Imam Ahli Sunnati wal Jama'ah Look what he said He said La yusafullah Illa bima wasafa bihi nafsahu Aw wasafahu bihi rasooluh La yatajawazul Qur'an wal hadith Imam Ahmad said Allah It's not attributed to him Subhanahu wa ta'ala Except that which he attributed to himself And that which his messenger attributed to him The Qur'an and the Sunnah she should not be dismissed in this matter. The Quran and the Sunnah are what tell us what we affirm for Allah and that which we don't. وَنُثْبِتُ أَخْبَارَ الصِّفَاتِ جَمِعِهَا وَنُثْبِتُ we affirm أَخْبَارَ الصِّفَاتِ The narrations that have come regarding Allah Taala's characteristics and attributes. جَمِعَهَا All of them. وَنَبْرَأُ We renounce مِنْ تَأْوِيلِ مَنْ كَانَ يَجْحَدُ We renounce the distortion of those who negate and deny Allah Taala's characteristics and attributes, these are all of the groups who distorted it, and the distortion is two types. There's two types of distortion. There's the distortion of wordings, and there's distortion of meaning. The deviated groups they've tried to do both, and Allah Taala. He made people to debunk them and refute them and expose them for what they really are. They tried to change the wording of the Quran, like those who try to say, Ar-Rahmanu al-Arsh istawa means istawla, and they added an extra lamb in there. That is tahriful lafzi, the distorting of the wording. And the second one, what they tried to do was, they did distortion of the meaning of the words by saying, when Allah said, خَلَقْتُ بِيَدَيْ أَسْتَكْبَرْتَ أَمْ كُنْتَ مِنَ الْعَالِينَ I created Adam with my two hands. They said it means here, قُدْرَة And that is, تَحْرِيفُ الْمَعْنَى Distorting the meaning. Distorting the meaning. And Ibn al-Qayyim, rahimahullah, has a very beautiful discussion regarding that. In his great book, Muhtasar Sawa'iq al Mursala. Go to page 333. He has a good discussion there. The author, Rahimahullah, he says in the ninth line, he says, فَلَيْسَ يُطِيقُ الْعَقْلُ كُنْهَ صِفَاتِهِ The intellects cannot determine 
the manner of his attributes, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah's characteristics and attributes are not taken from the intellects of people. No. The reason why, because the aql can only use the concept of deduction or induction. It's very important. The aql, in order for it to know Allah the way He looks and the way His characteristics are, is that the aql has to see Allah. And no one has seen Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we haven't seen Him. So that is eliminated. The second thing is, no one has seen Him subhanahu wa ta'ala to tell us about how He looks. So the second option is also eliminated. The third option, which is, there is no one like Allah, which we can compare him to, subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the third option is also eliminated. We are left with the fourth option, which is, whatever he tells us about himself, is what we can affirm for him. And whatever he negates from himself, we negate from him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. فَلَا لِلْعَقْلِ مَجَالِ Aql has no place now. The only thing is, a sam' is to hear, and to obey and to take the text as it is we affirm for him that which he affirmed for him subhanahu affirmed for himself subhanahu wa ta'ala so the author is refuting the misguided groups the misguided groups who negate allah's characteristics and attributes they do it based on their intellects and they made their intellects their reference point and they made their intellects the source in which they go back to. Whereas Ahlul Sunnah, what do they go back to? As Imam Ahmad mentioned, Sunnah. The Quran and the Sunnah are what we refer back to if we want to know Allah Azza wa Jalla. It's the Sunnah we go back to if we want to know Allah Azza wa Jalla. The Quran and the Sunnah. As for them, they use their aql. They say, I can't affirm these characteristics. Why? Why can't you affirm it? Because when I affirm it, it makes it feel like this characteristics is equal, um, resembles the creation's one. So I can't affirm it. Look how they rejected it. Based on them falling into tashbih, then they fell into ta'til. They resembled Allah to his creation number one. Shabbahu awalan, thumma attalu thaniyan. They equaled Allah to his creation. And then what do they do next? Then they, um, then they dismissed and denied his characteristics, subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is very important that you understand that. So the author, rahimahullah, he says, فَلَيْسَ يُطِيقُ الْعَقْلُ كُنْهَ صِفَاتِهِمْ The aql has no place. There is no place for the aql. Only the text. And now we have to believe in it. Malik, when the man came up to him and he recited the ayah, Ar-Rahmanu ala al-Arsh istawa, istawa? He asked a question related to the aql. He said, how did Allah go above the throne? He asked an intellectual question. But what did Imam Malik say? Imam Malik said, Al-Istiwa'u ma'lumun. The istiwa is known. وَالْكَيْفُ مَجْهُولٌ And the how is unknown to us. We don't know it. وَالْإِمَانُ بِهِ وَاجِبٌ 
And to believe in it is obligatory. And to take it from the Quran and the Sunnah is obligatory. It's an innovation to ask about it. What did he mean when he said that istiwa ma'lumun? He meant the word istiwa is known in the Arabic language. That it means ala wartafa. The Arabs already know that. But how? Well, kayfu majhul. The how is unknown to us. We don't know it. No one knows the kun. That's what the author, rahimahullah, is rejecting. فَلَيْسَ يُطِيقُ الْعَقْلُ كُنْ هَصِفَاتِينَ The aql does not know the how of Allah's characteristics, subhanahu wa ta'ala. It doesn't. This concept, there's no aql involved, brothers and sisters. Aqeedah is not taken from the aql. It is taken from the Qur'an and the sunnah and the ijma'ah. That's the only three sources it's taken from. Ahlul batil, ahlul zaykh are the ones who want to take their aqeedah from their intellects. And you tend to find them say, I rationalize this. I intellectually observe this. And etc. It is only taken from that which Allah and His Messenger subhanahu wa ta'ala, that, well, that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His Messenger have both said. We'll stop there inshallah ta'ala for the break and we'll carry on after the break inshallah ta'ala. The author, rahimahullah, here, he mentions that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is as-samad. The author, rahimahullah, explains to you what as-samad means. And he mentions as-samad goes back to two meanings, two matters. The first one is, هُوَ الصَّمَدُ الْعَالِي So you underline that point. In the grandeur of his attributes. And the second one is وَكُلُّ جَمِيعِ الْخَلْقِ لِلَّهِ يَصْمُدُ And the second one is And every single creature Every single creature Is entirely dependent upon him subhanahu wa ta'ala So the word as-samad Those are the two meanings it revolves around And those are the two meanings that it has The author mentioned it here هُوَ الصَّمَدُ الْعَالِي لِعِظْمِ الصِّفَاتِ That Allah wa ta'ala has High majestic characteristics. That's number one. The second one is, وَكُلُّ جَمِيعِ الْخَلْقِ لِلَّهِ يَصْمُدُ And that all of uh, his creation are entirely dependent upon him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. But what does the word as-samad mean in the Arabic language? The word as-samad in the Arabic language, it means, السيد الذي كمل في سؤدده It is the one was reached the pinnacle in his mastery, subhanahu wa ta'ala, as Abdullah ibn Abbas, radiallahu ta'ala anhumah mentioned. The author, rahimahullah, here he mentions a characteristics for Allah by saying, Aliyun, Allah is Ali. Ali is a name from the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and he has come in many places in the Quran, al Aliyul Azim in Ayatul Kursi. This name, Al-Ali, Al-Ali, it has three meanings in it. And the author mentioned them all. The first one is, Uluwudatin. Uluwudatin. Uluwudatin means Allah, He Himself is above His creation. That is called Uluwudatin. Allah is above His creation. 
subhanahu wa ta'ala is higher than his creation. And the evidence for that is Ar-Rahmanu ala al-Arsh istawa. The second one is Uluwa qadrin. Uluwa qadrin means Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is higher than his creation by honor. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. He's higher than them by honor, subhanahu wa ta'ala. He's is above his creation by honor, subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's the second meaning, which is qadran. And it's in the ayah in Surah Zumar, where Allah says, وَمَا قَدَرُ اللَّهَ حَقَّ قَدْرِهِ وَالْأَرْضُ جَمِيعًا قَبْضَةُ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ Ayah 67. Ayah 67, Surah Zumar. The third ulu, the author mentioned it as well, which is ulu qahrin. Ulu, ulu qahrin. Ulu qahrin means Allah has power and strength over his creation. He makes them do what he wants them to do. That's what is found in Surah Al-An'am, Ayah 18, where Allah says, وَهُوَ الْقَاهِرُ فَوْقَ عِبَادِي قَاهِرُ عُلُوُ قَهْرٍ And Ibn Al-Qayyim, rahimahullah, he mentions it in his kitab, مَدَارِجُ السَّالِكِينَ So the author, rahimahullah, he mentions those three types of ulu. With that being said, he says, Allah is qareebun, he's close to his creation, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he's also mujib. And both of those are his names. Qareeb is a name from the names of Allah. And Mujib is a name from the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the word Mujib, it shows that Allah accepts the dua of his slaves. He accepts the dua of the one who asks him. And Qareeb means the one who is close to his creation. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. He's, cr- he's close to who? Awliya'ihi al-muqarrabin wa'ibadi al-muttaqeen. He's close to his righteous slaves. He's there to aid them and support them. And those both are found in one ayah. Qareebun Mujib are both found in ayah 186 in Surah Al-Baqarah. Where Allah says, وَإِذَا سَأَلَكَ عِبَادِي عَنِّي فَإِنِّي قَرِيبٌ there you have it. Qareeb. Ujibu is mujib. Right next to each other. In the order that the Shaykh mentioned it. This teaches us something. Ahlu sunnati wal jama'ah. When they talk, their statement is taken from the Quran. The order in which they say things are taken from the Quran. The Shaykh says, Qareebun mujibun. He didn't say mujibun qareebun. Because the ayah said, فَإِنِّي قَرِيبٌ أُجِيبُ And he followed the sequence, the chronological order of the Qur'an. Both of those are Allah's names, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Those are both the names of Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Qurb that is found in the Qur'an, the, word, the name Qurb, Qarib, Qurb, is taken from Qurb. It's two types. There's a qurb which is khas and there's a qurb which is am. A qurb which is specific and a qurb which is general. It's general. And Allah mentions them subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran. The qurb which is khas 
is the one that we just mentioned in the ayah. وَإِذَا سَأَلَكَ عِبَادِ عَنِّي فَإِنِّي قَرِيبٌ أُجِيبُ دَعْوَةَ الدَّاعِ إِذَا دعان. And the ayah, فَاسْتَغْفِرُوهُ ثُمَّ تُوبُوا إِلَيْهِ إِنَّ رَبِّي قَرِيبٌ مُجِيبٌ And the ayah, وَاسْتَغْفِرُوا رَبَّكُمْ ثُمَّ تُوبُوا إِلَيْهِ إِنَّ رَبِّي رَحِيمٌ وَدُودٌ And this name, قَرِيبٌ and مجيب, are mentioned together. But when you find them together, it's always in the Qur'an, in the context of repentance and asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for forgiveness. Ibn Taymiyyah pointed that out in his Majmu'ul Fatawa, the fifth volume, page 493, rahimahullah. The author, rahimahullah, he says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is ever-living, وَالْقَيُّومُ And he is the one, the sustainer of all. ذُو الْجُودِ And infinitely generous. وَالْغِنَى And he is free from all needs. وَكُلُّ صِفَاتِ الْحَمْدِ And all of praiseworthy traits لِلَّهِ تُسْنَدُ Are all attributed to him, ascribed to him subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Shaykh rahimahullah mentioned two of Allah's most powerfulest names and two of Allah's most Powerfulest characteristics. And that is Al-Hay and Al-Qayyum. Al-Hayyu and Al-Qayyum. All of the sifat known as sifat dhatiya go back to Al-Hay. And all of the sifat which are fi'liya, they all go back to Al-Qayyum. What does that mean? Allah's characteristics are divided into two. Allah's characteristics are divided and categorized into two, according to Ahl-Sunnah. Characteristics that are with Allah, and they never detach itself from Allah. They are always with Him. They never separate from Him. These are always His characteristics. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the second is characteristics that are connected to His will. He does them when He wants, and he doesn't do them when he doesn't want to. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's connected to his will. Are you all with me? The characteristics of Allah are those two. The first one is characteristics that are attached to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And they are attached to his that, his essence. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is called sifat datiya. All of Allah's sifat datiya go back to al-hay. And the second one is sifat fi'liya. Sifat fi'liya are characteristics that go back to Allah's will. He does them when he wants. And he leaves them when he wants. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. And all of it go back to al-qayyumu. Al-qayyumu. What does al-qayyumu mean? Al-qayyumu means al-qa'imu bi-nafsi. He stands for himself. And he also stands for the affairs of his creation. He sustains them and provides for them and takes care of them. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. And al-hayyu means what? Al-hayatul kamilah allati lam tusbaq bi'adamin wala yalhaquha fanaun. And al-hayyu means what? There was never a point where he didn't exist, subhanahu wa ta'ala. He's ever living. And there will never come a time where he will cease to live, subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
He's Al-Hayyu. These two both are mentioned in Ayatul Kursi. They are both found in Ayatul Kursi. Walidharika, some of the scholars, they say Al-Hayyu Al-Qayyum are, they are, Al-Hayyu Al-Qayyum are both known as Ismullah Al-A'zam. And Ismullah Al-A'zam are what? إِذَا سُئِلَ بِهِ أَعْطَى That if Allah is asked on these names, He'll give it to anyone who asks Him. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it's important to understand it. It's important to understand those two names and study them. The author then says, Zul Judi, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He is infinitely generous. Zul Judi, subhanahu wa ta'ala. He's generous to all His creations. Because all of the blessings that we have are from Him. There is no blessing that you have except it's from Him subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah also says, وَإِن تَعُدُّوا نِعْمَةَ اللَّهِ لَا تُحْصُوهَا If you try to sit down and count the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you're never going to be able to give a figure to it. It's beyond what you can comprehend. Blessed you subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you try to think about the blessings, the fact that you're able to think about the blessings itself is a blessing. You're in a loop that you can't get out of. The brain that you're going to think with the blessings itself, is a blessing He gave to you, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And He gave this to you before you did anything to for Him. And before you even worshipped Him. There's nothing you can do for Him. But before you even worshipped Him, subhanahu wa ta'ala, He gave you all of this, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is why the blessings Allah gave to you, subhanahu wa ta'ala, Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah say, that the person must do the following things in those blessings. Number one, التحدث بنعمة الله Talk about the blessings of Allah. وَأَمَّا بِنَعْمَةِ رَبِّكَ فَحَدِّثْ Talk about the blessings He gave you, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Don't hide them. The second thing is, do with those blessings what He commanded you. He gave you legs. Walk to places that are pleasing to Him. He gave you ears. Listen to that which is pleasing to him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. He gave you a tongue. Use it in the remembrance of his, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the third one is, stay away from that which he told you to stay away from. That he commanded you to stay away from, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wal-ghina, Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, he is one who is free of all needs. He doesn't need his creation. His creations, they need him. Ya Allah is rich. He doesn't need his creation. His creations are the ones who need him. Ya ibadi, innakum lan tablughu barri fatadurruni wa lan tablughu naf'i fatanfa'uni You can never reach a point where you can harm Allah Azza wa Jalla. Never. And you can never reach a point that you benefit Allah and that you bring good His way. You can't. He's higher than that and He's above it. وَكُلُّ صِفَاتِ الْحَمْدِ لِلَّهِ تُسْنَدُ All of the praiseworthy traits are ascribed to Him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. أَحَاطَ بِكُلِّ الْخَلْقِ عِلْمًا وَقُدْرَةً Allah 
He encompasses. The word ahata, it means to encompass. The word ahata, it means to encompass. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He encompasses all of His creation. He encompasses them in knowledge. He knows everything about them. He knows ma kana, wa ma sayakunu, wa ma lam yakun, law kana, kayfa yakunu. He knows what has happened. He knows what is happening. He knows what's going to happen. He even knows what hasn't happened if it was to happen the way it would have happened. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ahsa kulla shay'in ilma. He encompassed everything with knowledge. Everything to him is under his supervision and his knowledge. Qala ta'ala Allah says, Allahu alladhi khalaqa sab'a samawatin wa min al-ardi mithlahunna يتنزل الأمر بينهن لتعلموا أن الله على كل شيء قدير وأن الله قد أحاط بكل شيء علما that Allah encompassed everything in knowledge anyone who knows Allah has knowledge over everything that individual is scared of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if you know Allah knows everything about you it scares you if you are doing things in private it's as though you have you've said Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't know what I'm doing. يَسْتَغْفُونَ مِنَ النَّاسِ وَلَا يَسْتَغْفُونَ مِنَ اللَّهِ وَهُوَ مَعَهُمْ إِذْ يُبَيُّتُونَ مَا لَا يَرْضَى مِنَ الْقَوْلِ You're hiding from the creation. You don't want the creation to know what you're doing, what you're saying. يَسْتَغْفُونَ مِنَ النَّاسِ They are scared of the people. And they're worried about what the people are going to say and what the people are going to do. يَسْتَغْفُونَ مِنَ النَّاسِ وَلَا يَسْتَغْفُونَ مِنَ اللَّهِ but they are not scared of Allah and what He's going to do to them Yawm Al-Qiyamah. ma'ahum And He's with them subhanahu wa ta'ala. When they are saying ma la yarda min al-qawl, when they are saying speeches that anger Him subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah says in another ayah, وَلَقَدْ خَلَقْنَا الْإِنسَانَ وَنَعْلَمُ We are the ones who created mankind and we know مَا تُوَسْوِسُ بِهِ نَفْسُهُ وَنَحْنُ أَقْرَبُ إِلَيْهِ مِنْ حَبْلِ الْوَرِيدِ We created you and we know everything that you're doing. You have knowledge of everything that you're doing. Allah knows it. يَعْلَمُ خَائِنَةَ الْأَعْيُنِ وَمَا تُخْفِي الصُّدُورِ He knows the cheating one, the deceptive one. What he is doing, Allah knows subhanahu wa ta'ala. He's going to bring all of that in the chests, out in the open yawm al-qiyamah. يَوْمَ تُبْلَ السَّرَائِرِ Everything that is hidden in the chests, Allah will bring it out in the open. And everybody will know that day. Allah knows everything. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. He encompassed it with knowledge. There's no one who's more knowledgeable than him. وَفَوْقَ كُلِّ ذِي عِلْمٍ عَلِيمٍ Everyone who thinks he knows, Allah knows more than him. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. If that is the case, it scares you and it makes you become conscious of your speech and your actions and what you do. وَقُدْرَةً Allah encompassed everything in ability. He has the ability of everything, subhanahu wa ta'ala. He has infinite ability, subhanahu wa ta'ala. إِنَّ اللَّهَ عَلَىٰ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٍ He has the ability of everything. He can do everything, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah 
He is Aziz. And Al-Aziz, what does it mean? It means Al-Ghalibu fi Amrihi. The one when he wants something, it happens and no one can stop it. La mu'aqqiba li hukmih. No one can come after him subhanahu wa ta'ala and say, oh Allah, you missed this out. La mu'aqib. No one can do ta'qib of something Allah did subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because he's the one who encompasses knowledge and ability over everything. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wabirran wa ihsana. Every single virtue of the creation, they are from him subhanahu wa ta'ala. If someone bestows kindness and generosity, they did it because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed this person to do this for you. وإحسان and excellence is from him subhanahu wa ta'ala. All forms of excellence are from him subhanahu wa ta'ala. Kindness and favors are from him subhanahu wa ta'ala. All of that is his. فَإِيَّاهُ نَعْبُدُوا Him alone we worship. It's him alone we worship then. Since he has all of those characteristics, those amazing attributes, we worship him alone. The word iyahu, wherever you see it in the Arabic language, it always stands in the position of a maf'ulun bi. Or, it's النصب, if I'm more specific, it stands in the Arabic grammar, إياك, إياكي, إياكما, إياكم, إياكنا, They are standing النصب, in the position of a mansub. And in the ayah, it is standing in a what? It is standing in that position. Of a maf'ulun bih, which is, na'budu ka, oh Allah, we worship, wala na'budu ghayrak, and we don't worship anyone other than you. How did that mean it come out from iyaka na'budu? Because iyaka is a maf'ulun bih. Na'budu is the fi'il, and the fa'il is mustatir, wujuban, taqdiruhu huwa, iyaka na'budu, the, maf- the fi'il, has fallen after the maf'ulun bi. And the qa'idah is, ta'khiru ma haqqu taqdeem yufidu al-hasr. Exclusivity. That we worship Allah alone. If the ayah said, na'buduka, na'budu iyaka, it would have just meant, oh Allah, we worship you. But the fact that the iyaka came first, it means na'budu wa la na'budu ghayrak. We worship you and we don't worship anyone other than you. وَنَسْتَعِينُ بِكَ And we seek help from you. وَلَا نَسْتَعِينُ بِغَيْرِكَ And we do not seek help from anyone else. وَيُبْسِرُ He sees, subhanahu wa ta'ala, ذَرَّاتِ الْعَوَالِمِ He sees ذَرَّات What is a ذَرَّات? A ذَرَّة A ذَرَّة in the Arabic language. That's why you hear in the Quran, مِثْقَالَ ذَرَّة Dharra, you hear it. Dharra is a mustard seed. Something small. Al-umur al-sagheera. Al-daqiqa. Minute. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sees those things. 
Dharrah means what? Something very small that the eye cannot catch. If you want to see it, take a telescope or a microscope. If you take a microscope and look at it, the eye, the naked eye cannot see it. Allah, He can see it, subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَيُبْسِرُ ذَرَّاتِ الْعَوَالِمِ He, subhanahu wa ta'ala, He sees الأمور الصغير الدقيقة التي لا يراها الإنسان ببصره. The things that the eyes cannot see. He can see, subhanahu wa ta'ala, من فوق سبع سماوات, from high above, He can see دبيب النملة السوداء على الصخرة الصماء في ليلة الظلماء He can see an ant in a dark, black, pitch night under a rock. What is it doing under that rock? He can see it, subhanahu wa ta'ala. For him, everything is clear, subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَيُبْصِرُ He can see, subhanahu wa ta'ala, ذَرَّاتِ الْعَوَالِمِ كُلَّهَا He can see, subhanahu wa ta'ala, all of the things in the world. You can see it. Nothing is hidden from him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. He never loses his eyesight. Or he never loses the sight of seeing things, subhanahu wa ta'ala. He always sees. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He sees it. Also, He hears the voices of his servants. And he... Always witnesses what they say. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows everything we say. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Qala ta'ala Allah says, Sawa'un minkum man asarra al-qawla wa man jahara bih. Sawa'un minkum. It is equal to him. Sawa'un equal to him is. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Man asarra al-qawla. The one who says the speech low. Wa man jahara bihi. And the one who says it loud to Allah is the same. He hears them the same. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Kulluhu sawa'un inda Allahi tabaraka wa ta'ala. There's not a speech that is hidden from him. There's no speech that a person says that is hidden from him. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Aisha radiallahu ta'ala. Our mother. She said, Alhamdulillah. Praises to Allah. الذي وسع سمعه الأصوات The one whose hearing encompasses all of the voices of his creation. لقد جاءت المجادلة The woman who was arguing she came. تشكو إلى رسول الله She was complaining to the messenger. وإنه ليخفى علي بعض كلامها Aisha said I was in the next room and I couldn't hear some of the things they were saying. When the woman came to the Prophet and she was complaining about her husband. And she was talking to the Prophet about her husband and what he did to her. Aisha saying, I was in the next room. And you have to picture those houses of those days. They were not like these walls that we have. You could easily hear what someone was saying in another room. Aisha said, some of their statements I couldn't hear. But then Allah said, قَدْ سَمِعَ اللَّهُ قَوْلَ الَّتِي تُجَادِلُكَ فِي زَوْجِهَا وَتَشْتَكِي إِلَى اللَّهِ وَاللَّهُ يَسْمَعُ تَحَاوُرَكُمَا إِنَّ اللَّهَ سَمِيعٌ بَصِيرٌ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, قَدْ سَمِعَ اللَّهُ Allah heard. He heard what? 
The woman who's arguing with you, Muhammad, regarding the affair of her husband. And she was complaining to Allah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He heard, He hears, your discussion. In Allah, verily Allah, indeed Allah, Samirun, He's one who hears all the time. Basirun, He's the one who sees everything, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Let's look at this ayah. How many times Allah repeated the characteristics of hearing? Number one, Qad sami'a, Allah heard. That's the first. The second one was what? Wallahu yasma'u, number two. Inna Allah sami'un basir, three. Three times Allah mentioned that He hears. And Allah heard it from high above. وَيَسْمَعُ أَصْوَاتَ الْعِبَادِ وَيَشْهَدُوا That's what Sheikh Nasir al-Sa'di means. Al-Alamah, Abdul Rahman, Ibn Nasir al-Sa'di, that's what he means. Allah hears the voices of his creation. He's witnessing over them every movement that they do. He hears subhanahu wa ta'ala. Rather, if all of the human beings today, at one time, they all speak, two voices will not mix up for Allah. He will hear each voice independently. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah said in the hadith al-Qudusi, Ya ibadi, law anna awwalakum wa akhirakum wa insakum wa jinnakum qamu fi sa'idin wahidin fasa'aluni fa'a'taytu kulla insanin mas'alata ma naqasa dalika mimma indi illa kama yanqusu al-mikhyatu idha utkila al-bahr. The Prophet said, that Allah said, My slaves, if the first person who was created, which is Adam, and the last person to come, just before the hour strikes, all of mankind, the jinns and the ins, from the beginning to the end, they all stood up on a high place. And they all asked me, all of them, one time, jinn and ins, from the beginning to the end. Allah will be able to give everybody what he asked for. And guess what? His treasures, his kingdom, it will not reduce, subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's how rich he is, subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَيَشْهَدُ The author says. What does it mean? وَيَشْهَدُ عَلَيْهِمْ Allah looks at his creation. He observes them, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And what is it he's observing? Ala a'malihim wa aqwalihim wa af'alihim. Allah is looking at their actions, their speech. Fala taqfa alayhi tabarak wa ta'ala minhum khafiyah. Nothing is hidden from him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you know that today, ya Abdullah, ya Amatallah, fa'a'idda lissuali jawaba. Prepare for the answer, the day of judgment. When you are asked about your speech and your actions, the author Rahimahullah he says, Lahul Mulku, to him belongs all dominion. They belong to him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Walhamdu, and all praises belong to him. Walmuhitu bi mulkihi, and he encompasses his dominion, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wahikmatul Uzma, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He's supreme 
supreme, infinite wisdom, his remarkable wisdom. And the creation testify. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, his infinite wisdom, his remarkable wisdom, the creation testifies to that. He owns this universe and he owns the heavens and everything that are in it. He owns it all. Allah has wisdom behind everything. And from the wisdom is that he brought you into this universe for a reason. Don't ever think to yourself that Allah's actions don't have wisdom. Has wisdom. You should know that they have wisdom. Do you think we brought you into this world without a wisdom? Without a purpose? Do you think Allah will just create you and there's no infinite wisdom behind it? Allah is exalted. He's higher than that to just create you aimlessly with no purpose. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Also Allah says, does mankind actually think that Allah is going to let you just be, do what you want? No. Allah's infinite wisdom, His remarkable wisdom, entails that He brought you into this world to worship Him. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. The author then says, We bear witness and Allah yanzilu then Allah descends subhanahu wa ta'ala fi duja Allah descends subhanahu wa ta'ala fi duja He descends on the duja What is the duja? The duja is the darkness of vulma the Arabic language the word duja it means darkness He Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He descends He descends subhanahu wa ta'ala fi duja in the darkness كما قاله المبعوث بالحق أحمد The way we were told and informed by the one Allah sent out نبي الله محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم من عقيدة أهل السنة is Allah سبحانه وتعالى He descends in the last third of the night and He descends in a way that befits his majesty. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. He descends. And Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Salafun al Salih. All unanimously agree upon Allah descending. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's an action. It's an action that Allah does. Kama yagliqu bi jalali. In a way that befits his majesty. Wala tu'lamul kayfiyya. And no one knows the how. The Prophet told us in the hadith. And this hadith. It reached Tawatur, multitude narration. Yanzilu Rabbuna Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He descends. Kulla laylatid ila sama idunya. Hina yabqa thuluthu laylil akhir. The last third of the night. Fayakulu Allah says, Man yad'uni, who's going to supplicate to me? Fa'astajeeba lahu, and I'll give them what they want. Man yas'aluni, who's going to ask me? فَأُطِيعُهُ And I'm going to give him what he asks for. مَنْ يَسْتَغْفِرُونِ 
who's going to ask for forgiveness, and I will forgive them. Ahlu Sunnah, Salafuna Salih, Aimatul Huda, wa Masabihud Duja. They all believed. Bittifaq, Qawlan Wahidan. Lam Yakhtalif al Ithnani min Huma. Two of them didn't differ. That the Salaf, Naimatul Huda, wa Masabihud Duja, they all affirmed, Anna Nuzula, Fa'lun. يفعله الرب تبارك وتعالى كما يليق بجلاله الله he descends in a way that befits his majesty ولا تعلم كيفيته we don't know the how don't ask us about the how we already said ليس كمثله شيء there is nothing like him سبحانه وتعالى لا في ذاتي ولا في صفاتي ولا في أفعالي and if a person says to us how does Allah descend in the last turn of the night we will say to that person, how is Allah? First of all, tell us how Allah is. And if he says, I don't know how Allah is, then we say, knowing that he descends is a branch of how he is in the first place. And because we don't know how he is, then we don't know how he descends, subhanahu wa ta'ala. The author, rahimahullah, he says, وَنَشْهَدُ We bear witness again. And we believe again. And Allah arsala rusulahu. Allah sent his messengers. And his prophets, بِآيَاتِهِ Allah sent them with ayat, and the ayat are two types. Ayat, kawniyya, and ayat, shar'iyya, universal signs. Prophets, they came with miracles. The prophet said in the hadith, مَا مِن نَبِيٍ بَعَثَهُ There is not a prophet Allah sent. There is no prophet that Allah sent, except that Allah sent with him. مَا آمَنَ بِهِ بَشَرٍ that which mankind can believe in. And every prophet was sent with miracles for his people to believe in him. And Nabi Muhammad had some of those miracles. The water gushing from his hands. The moon being split. All those are miracles he came with, which are ayat, kawniya, universal signs. But also, the Prophet ﷺ came with what? He came with ayat, shar'iyya. Legislational, legislative verses. That's what Allah mentioned in the ayah. وَمَا عَلَى الرَّسُولِ إِلَّا الْبَلَاغُ الْمُبِينَ The balagh here is the wahi, the revelation that the Prophet ﷺ was sent with. All of the creation, prophets were sent to them. Why were prophets sent? Prophets were sent for three reasons. Number one, is Iqamatil Hujja wa izalatil lil ma'adhirati wa ibanatil sabili. It is to establish the proof on the people. As Allah said in the ayah, لِأَلَّا يَكُونَ لِلنَّاسِ عَلَى اللَّهِ حُجَّةٌ بَعْدَ الرُّسُلِ And the second reason why prophets were sent down was رُسُلًا مُبَشِّرِينَ to give glad tidings. And the third one is رُسُلًا مُبَشِّرِينَ وَمُنْذِرِينَ To warn. Prophets were sent down for those three reasons. To establish the proof against the people. To give glad tidings to the righteous people. And to warn the criminals and the wrongdoers that the path that they are treading on is going to reach, is going, is going to lead them to destruction and هَاوِيَةٍ وَمَا أَدَرَاكَ مَا هِيَةٍ 
It's going to lead them to destruction and torment and the never-ending punishment of Allah if they die upon that way. The fourth reason which prophets were sent down as well is to guide the people. As Allah says, وَإِنَّكَ لَتَهْدِي إِلَىٰ صِرَاطٍ مُسْتَقِيمٍ Muhammad, you guide to the path. You show the people the path. The author, rahimahullah, he says, وَفَاضَلَ بَيْنَ الرُّسْلِ وَالْخَلْقِ كُلِّهِمْ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He favored some of the messengers and creation at large over others. Yani some prophets are better than other prophets. As Allah said in the ayah, وَلَقَدْ فَضَّلْنَا بَعْضَ النَّبِيِّينَ عَلَىٰ بَعْضٍ We favored some prophets over others. تِلْكَ الرُّسُلُ فَضَّلْنَا بَعْضَهُمْ عَلَىٰ بَعْضٍ مِنْ أُمَّنْ كَلَّمَ اللَّهِ وَرَفَعَ بَعْضَهُمْ دَرَجَاتٍ So Allah favored between the prophets and the messengers. They are not the same. Also, Allah favored upon the creation, favored some of them over others. انظر كيف فضلنا بعضهم على بعض. Look at how we favored some of the creation over others. Also Allah says, ورفعنا بعضهم فوق بعض درجات ليتخذ بعضهم بعضا سخريا. Allah did that subhanahu wa ta'ala. That he favored some of the creation over others. And he favored some messengers and prophets over other prophets and messengers. He did that all for what reason? Bihikmati's wisdom. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. All of them, he did it with his wisdom. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Jalla al-Azimu. Allah is exalted. And he's also high from any deficiencies. Al-Azimu. The one who is um, majestic. Al-Muhadu. The unique one. Allah is unique. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Who is the best in those messengers and prophets then? If they are not all the same, and some of them are better than others, the best of them is what? The best of them. أَفْضَلُ الْخَلْقِ أَجْمَعِينَ وَسَيِّدُ وَلَدِ آدَمْ صَلَوَاتُ اللَّهِ وَسَلَامُهُ عَلَيْهِ وَبَرَكَاتُهُ عَلَيْهِ Nabi Allah Muhammad. Nabi Allah Muhammad is the best of all prophets. And Ibn Taymiyyah transmitted an ijma'ah. He said, وَمُحَمَّدٌ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَامَ أَفْضَلُ الرُّسُلِ بِاتِّفَاقِ الْمُسْلِمِينَ Muhammad is the best of all prophets by consensus. But But there's a dispute. Is he better than all of them together? He's better than them all individually. But if we put Muhammad on one side and we put all of the other prophets and messengers on one side, is the prophet still better than them? There's a dispute amongst Ahlul Sunnah in this issue. There's a dispute. The same way Abu Bakr is better than the whole entire Ummah. But if all of the Ummah are put on one side and Abu Bakr on one side, Ahlul Sunnah have differed whether Abu Bakr is better than the Ummah as a whole. Naam. Even that though Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah and the Hadith show that Abu Bakr is better than the whole entire Ummah if they are put on one side because of the Prophet's statement. And they said that because Abu Bakr is like that, Nabiullah Muhammad is also like that as well. Nabiul Huda, he's the prophet of guidance. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah sent him with guidance. وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَاكَ إِلَّا رَحْمَةً لِلْعَالَمِينَ 
He's a mercy to all mankind. He's a mercy to this universe. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And the final last line the author said, the author rahimahullah he said, Allah the most merciful. He chose for him companions who established the guidance and religion in truth and they paved the path. The companions of the Prophet وسلم, Allah chose them subhanahu wa ta'ala to be around the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That is why the Prophet said in the hadith, أَلَا إِنَّكُمْ تُوفُونَ سَبْعِينَ أُمَّةً أَنْتُمْ خَيْرُوهَا وَأَكْرَمُهَا عَلَى اللَّهِ You are the best of them. You are the most honorable one amongst them. And they convey the message of Islam. They memorize the religion and they passed it on to us. نَضَّرَ اللَّهُ مْرَأً سَمِعَ مَقَالَتِي فَوَعَاهَا وَحَافِظَهَا وَبَلَّغَهَا فَرُبْحَا مِلِفِقٍ إِلَى مَنْ هُوَ أَفْقَهَ مِنْهُ they memorized the ahadith. They understood it and they comprehended it. And they conveyed it to the ummah. They were the ones who did that. وَمَهَّدُوا And the sahabas, they paved the way for us. The religion that we're enjoying today, it came from their hard work and their efforts. And then the author, rahimahullah, he then starts to go into the rights of the companions. Since they did that for us, and we're going to mention that tomorrow, inshallah ta'ala, bi-idhnillahi al-kareem. Anything which I have said that was wrong or incorrect is from me and shaitan. And Allah and his messenger are free from it.